This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. I had a man to say to me one day, or he asked me this question. He said, what do you have when an unmovable object collides with an unstoppable force. Well, I said, I don't know. He said, you have an indescribable collision. I don't know about that kind of a collision, but I know of some things that are not moved. I think we live in a time when we want to know something that's not changing. We're going to talk about that today. Our topic is entitled, Things Not Moved. I'm Billy Lambert, and I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we're delighted to have you with us today. And I want you to know that if you're uh, listening or watching for the very first, if you're with us today for the very first time, whether you're listening by radio or watching by television, that we want you to know that we're delighted that you're with us today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we are offering a free Bible correspondence course. Yes, it's free. And we want you to have it. Thousands and thousands, I really don't know how many thousands of people all over the world, literally all over the world, are taking this Bible correspondence course. And we hear from people every week that have taken the course, we grade the course, send back a certificate. You get a certificate once you've completed it. Now, in order that you might have a little bit more knowledge of, of the course, what it's all about, and how you can receive it, we're going to take a pause. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 12th chapter of Hebrews and verse 28, verse 28, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I want you to notice he says we have received a kingdom which cannot be moved. You know, we're living in a day of uncertainty. We're living in a day of doubt. 
We're living in a time where things around us seem to be changing so rapidly that we're not able, able to keep up with the change. If you buy a computer today, the, the software and others have changed so much it's almost out of date tomorrow or a week from now. Things are just changing all of the time. And there are things around us that seem to be moving, seem to be shaking around us. And it's unsettling, isn't it? You know, the ground under Paul's feet was shaking in his day. Everything seemed to be moving and shaking. Society was shaking. Civilization was shaking. And the, the world empires that had stood for years, for centuries in some cases, were shaking. The great Babylon was shaking. The Medo-Persian Empire. The Grecian Empire. And then there was the Roman Empire that was shaking and, and crumbling during the days of the Apostle Paul. Today we have the same thing happening. The case is that the political world is shaking around us. The economic world is shaking. And the moral world is shaking. It's in a, it's in a spiral downward in our day. And the world is shaking in so many different ways. And it makes us wonder, is there anything you can depend on anymore? Is there anything that you can latch your heart to, grasp your faith with, that will keep you from being moved, that will keep you steady in life? Well, I say there are. So I want to talk about those things today. We'll begin with one. Hopefully we will get all of them in today. If not, We'll do another one, another one on the another broadcast. Now, first of all, God is not moved. He is unmoved. Now, the fact remains that God is our Creator. I think of a statement that Solomon made in the book of Ecclesiastes, the twelfth chapter, and in verse one. Where he said, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. God is our creator. He has made us. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what the third verse of the 100th Psalm says. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. Sometimes people talk about a self-made man. <laughs> We're not self-made people. Oh, we may get, get out and work and we may labor and we may make of ourselves some good thing. We may become productive in life, but in reality, God is the one who made us. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. And He is our Creator. In, in Jeremiah, or rather John chapter 5 and verse 26, there the Bible says He hath life in Himself. He's not created. Somebody says, where'd God come from? He's not created. He has life in Himself. Isn't that a marvelous thought? And he is not dependent upon anyone else. He is not dependent on any cause. Think about that. 
He's not dependent upon men. Let me read you a verse about that. I'm reading from Psalms chapter 50 and verse 12. Think where what God says to us today. <laughs> this is almost humorous. I think God had a, has a sense of humor. God laughs sometimes, but he sometimes laughs at, uh, in derision to on his enemies, but I think God has a funny bone. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't need to tell you if I were hungry. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. You see, God is not dependent on any cause because he is the source of all that lives. Paul was addressing the Athenians in the 17th chapter of Acts at Mars Hill, and this is what he said, he gives to all life, breath, and all things. The next breath you take comes from God. But God is infinite. He's that unmoved God. He, he is infinite. He is infinite in his power. He's all-powerful, almighty, infinite in his presence. He's everywhere. Psalm 6, uh, Genesis 16, 13 says, Thou, God, seest me. He's everywhere. He sees all things. He is infinite in his knowledge. There isn't anything he doesn't know. I, I don't know how many people are watching right now, but, but I know there are people watching from all over the world and all over the United States. To those of you who are watching, do you realize that God knows how many hairs are on your head? Now that's how, how he is infinite he is in his knowledge. Isn't that? That's a marvelous thought too. But God is immutable. Malachi 3 and 6, God said, I change not, saith the Lord. He is immutable. Listen to Psalms 33 and verse 11. The counsel of the Lord Stands how long? Forever. God cannot be moved. God cannot be moved. I'm aware of the fact that in our day, we have those who are declaring there is no God. Have you? Heard? I know you've heard that. There is no God. There is nothing that started everything. I want to read to you the very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. What did he create? The heavens and the earth. God made everything. And there's not a more logical explanation for the existence of everything in the world and in our universe, in all the universes if there are beyond ours, than God. Created all things. So there's one thing that is immovable. He said, I don't change. And God never, ever changes. I change not. Now, let's look at a second thing that doesn't change. And that's the Bible. There's no book like the Bible. From the standpoint of age, time has a way of sifting books. 
Someone who was an expert in publication said that if a if a printed book lives five years on the market, it might be a, you know, a so-so book. If it t lives ten years, it might be uh, a, a, a real good book. If it lives for 50 years, it might be an extraordinary book. But this book is has lived for many, many years. Think about the Bible. This book is weighed down with antiquity. It is holding the centuries in its bosom. And yet the Bible is stronger today than it ever has been in the history of the world. This book does not change. It does not change. This is an ancient book. Hoary with age weighed down with antiquity. And it holds the centuries in its bosom and it's stronger right now than ever in the history of the world. Let me tell you why. There are people who have studied the Bible and have evidences for the credibility of the Bible, the truthfulness of the Bible, and the Bible stands the test of time. I want you to think about the Bible. What does it really mean to you? What does it mean to you? Is it just something that you lay on a table somewhere, on a shelf somewhere? Maybe you've not looked at it in a while. What does it mean to you? Well, you say, Brother Lambert, I, I read the Bible occasionally. Let me read a verse to you that might encourage you to read it with frequency. It's another passage from the Psalms. This, was, it was, this one is from the 119th Psalm, verse 105. Thy word, the Bible, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let, let me read another passage to you about the Bible. 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. The newborn babes desire, desire, that's the key word in this passage, desire the sincere, that means the pure, unadulterated milk of the word. Why? That you may grow thereby. So we're born again when we become believers in Jesus and we repent of our sins and we confess before men that we believe and are baptized like is taught in John 3, 5 and Galatians 3, 27. Jesus said best, he that believeth, there's the faith, is baptized, shall be saved. So you see, when we become Christians, we're newborn babes and we want to grow. We want to grow. Some of you have been thinking about being baptized into Christ. Some of you have been thinking about attending the services of the Church of Christ in your community so that you can learn what you must do to be saved. But let me tell you, once you do that, study the Bible. That's the way you grow as a Christian. We have to have spiritual nourishment. You know, you remember what Jesus said when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan? Man shall not live 
by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. We have to study to grow. The Bible is immovable. There's power in this book. There's power in it to create faith or to produce faith. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's power in it to save our souls. The gospel according to Romans 1:16 is the power of God unto salvation. There's power in it to convert. Psalms 19 and verse 7 says the word of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. It changes us. It converts us. There's power in the word to cleanse us. John 15 verse 3, Now you're clean through my word which I've spoken unto you. There's power in it to sanctify. John 17 and verse 17, Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. There's power in the word to free us to free us from sin, to free us from bad, bad habits, to free us from addictions, to free us from bad relationships, to free us, to free us. Don't you want to be free? Jesus said, you shall know the truth. Folks, the Bible is knowable. Somebody said, I just can't understand the Bible. You didn't listen. You can know the truth. And if you don't understand it, Find someone who knows the Bible. We'll help you. Studying the Bible course that we're offering will help you to know the truth. That's the reason we call this broadcast Getting to Know Your Bible. Getting to Know the Truth. Jesus said you shall know the truth. And what will the truth do? Make you free. Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be free from a bad habit? Don't you be, want to be free from a... Or maybe a relationship that you're in you know you ought not to be in that is wrong. Jesus can set you free. He can set you free. Folks, but, but the place to go is the foot of the cross. Kneel at the cross. We've got to kneel at the cross. You say, well, who can kneel at the foot of the cross? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. All people can let, let, kneel at the foot of the cross. The beggar on the street can kneel at the cross right beside the president or the CEO of one of the largest corporations ever, ever, that ever existed. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And you can be made free from the, by studying this book that is an immovable book. Immovable book. And I want to encourage you to study the Bible. The Bible is indestructible. Jesus said, said that in, uh, or rather Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 25. Listen to Peter. The word of the Lord endures. How long, Peter? Forever. Forever. And ever. It just doesn't change. You don't add to it. Don't take away from it. You don't neglect it. You don't despise it. 
You love it. You love it. You read it. It will change your life. It will literally change your life. That's the reason I encourage you to call right now. I know the number's been on the screen. Call for the Bible course. But there's one more thing that is immovable, that will not change. And that's the kingdom of God. That goes to our text in the very beginning. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom. Which cannot be moved. The kingdom of God is the church. You say how do you know preacher? I'm looking now in the 12th chapter of Hebrews at verse 23. So the general. Uh, uh, well let me go back to verse 22 rather. But you're come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and an innumerable company of angels. Wouldn't you love to see that? We will one day. To the general assembly. The assembly. And what is he, what's the next word? Verse 23. Church of the firstborn. The church of the firstborn. Who was the firstborn? Christ. So it's the. And the church of Christ. Which are written in heaven. And to God the judge of all. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now drop down to verse 28. We receive the kingdom. Which cannot be moved. The church. Verse 28. The kingdom. Are the different. We've received the church. We've received the kingdom. The church and the kingdom are the same. You say, well, well, how do you know that? Because Jesus Christ is the immovable king of the kingdom. And it is Jesus, the immovable king of the kingdom, who said, I We'll build my church. That's in your Bible in Matthew 16, 18. So Jesus said, I will build. That was a future tense. It hadn't happened yet. The church was built on the day of Pentecost. If you read about the birthday of the church in the second chapter of Acts. I'll build my church. He didn't say churches. He said church, one, just one. So if, if this is a descriptor, I will build my church. Church of who? Church of Christ. That's a descriptor. That's this showing to whom it belongs. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, he's speaking to Peter, I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven and Peter used those keys the authority on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts when he preached the first gospel sermon under the worldwide commission and that very day there were people that became Christians by believing and repenting and confessing and they were baptized too and they were added to the church verse 47 the church 
that Jesus said, I will build. And it is immovable. The kingdom is immovable. It has an immovable king. It has an immovable law. Jesus in Matthew 24 and verse 35 said, Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, my word, my word shall not pass away. And the kingdom, will, it, it has an immovable condition of citizenship. And to be in this kingdom, you have to be born again. John 3, 7, Jesus said, You must. Jesus didn't say you can if you want to be. That it's a good idea. Rather, Jesus put it in the imperative. And he said, you must be born again. And he tells us how to be born again. Back in the fifth verse. Accept a man. Be born of water. That's baptism. And of the Spirit, and 1 Peter 1, 1 and verse 23 explains what that means, where Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We believe we, we, we are born of water and of the Spirit. And we enter the kingdom of heaven. Have you been born again? Have you ever had a man immerse you in water in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins? Folks, people have been teaching that since the day of Pentecost. And we should teach it, and it should be taught until the end of time that that's how you enter into the kingdom. I, I know that's not you hear other preachers say. Other preachers say all kinds of things. And I think some of that's to create a, a, a better following, make it a little easier, more convenient. But we're to be born of water and the Spirit. You know, Jesus said, number one, he that believeth is baptized shall be saved. That's not ever going to change. Why? Because we're in a, in a kingdom that's immovable. And that's part of the law of the kingdom. And so that's not ever going to change. That kingdom is immovable. The Bible is immovable. God is immovable. And we almost want to just shout, don't we? Because we're living in a day when things are changing so frequently that we can't keep up with them. But there are three things you never will move. I want to thank you for watching today. I hope you've called for the Bible course. And I want to invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. This is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.